welcome to the Rainbow Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Papanikolov. Rainbow and I are on a mission to upgrade humanity with fungi and expand the collective conscious. This podcast builds a virtual mycelial network of bold, open-minded thinkers and seekers. I chat with experts, thought leaders, healers, scientists, entrepreneurs, spiritual teachers, activists, and dreamers. These are stories of healing, human potential, and expansion. Tune in, root in, expand, and journey with us. Hello, Tara. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and being here and chatting with me today. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me into this conversation, into the rainbow world. It's always Mm -hmm. a pleasure. Always, truly always a pleasure. So I like to start our convos with something, sharing something we're both grateful for. So what are you you feeling grateful for today? I am feeling grateful for the sunshine here in oslo and the sun just started it just it was cloudy all day and it just broke out just now so i'm very grateful for this moment Mm. getting some sunshine i love that i feel like also in canada are pretty like level in terms of yeah similar climates and whatnot yeah it's pretty like i reside in new york and it's like 28 celsius there right now and i'm here and i'm like like eight degrees i'm like okay okay." i'm like it's like cloudy and you know raining throughout the day but yeah always at the end of the day it's like sunny which i feel like is very classic weather where you're like the sun doesn't exist until it's going to sleep (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair i've we've been having so many rainy days too and yesterday woke up with like blue skies and all of the birds chirping. I feel like I'm really grateful for mornings hearing like the songs of the birds. There's a specific one and I don't, I feel like I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to become a birder in my life at some point, but like, it's very intriguing to me, but there's this one song that it's just like, like lulls me out of my sleep and into wakefulness. And it's so beautiful. I love that. I think it's like also so much so special in the springtime when they're like mating. I feel like the songs are different. Like they're like, yeah, true. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. So for our audience, how are you describing yourself these days? Oh my goodness. I am a chef and I am a community organizer. I co-founded a nonprofit called Breaking Bread, a food sovereignty-based mission. And yeah, I work like within like the consulting world of food and also just like, yeah, creative directing and all mm-hmm. that, all that mm-hmm. different things, trying yeah. to do everything that I love. And I'm an Aquarius, so I like to do <laughs> Are you also, wait, what's your human design as well? Oh, I'm a projector. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I think we have <laughs> talked about that before, but I was like, no, she's definitely like, for sure. I get that energy from both of us. We both are. Yeah. I feel like I'm like around a lot of projectors or manifestor generators. It's like it's those. Yeah. I think most of my team actually, Michelle's a projector, but most of my team is, I think, manifesting generators. We did like a full, it was really cool to 
to bring us all together and like, look at it that way. But that's, that's beautiful. And you create a lot of beauty and you create a lot of change. And, you know, I've, I've always really been so drawn to your food philosophy and your interaction. I think you're also like, I just love hearing you talk and also your writing. Anytime I've kind of like read a piece by you, it's always so soulful. And where did this mission, I know a little bit about your history and background moving to New York. Like, yeah, where did this interest in food come from and how does it continue to evolve for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, it's always, I feel like I'm understanding that more and more as like I get deeper into it but I think I've always been like a very hungry person like as a kid yeah I was very particular with my food I loved being involved in the creation of my food and just from a young age I loved like cooking and watching cooking shows and my favorite place to play was in our backyard in the garden and I like really felt like that was my like place that I really like had authority of, I was like, could be like my most free self. Cause my mom would be like, go outside. If you're like, you know, acting crazy. And then that's where I could like really adventure with my imagination. And yeah, I used to pretend to make food. Like I would make dishes with like flowers and grass and rocks and dirt and like <laughs> you know, use the sun to dry things. And a lot of the things as like, I've gotten older and like learned about gardening and different plants and foraging. A lot of those ingredients are actually edible. My mom's like, don't eat that. And I was like, but it smells so good. <laughs> and now I know that they, a lot of them were edible. And yeah, I feel like that just being able to think that was like what felt the most intuitive and connection, like in my connection to like the earth. And I just always kind of chased that, but I never saw it as a career until I was 19. Like I really focused on what I was like told was my career was like to get like a job or whatever. So I really aligned with like science and math in school. I did like half of a degree for civil and environmental engineering. And then I dropped out and was like, fuck it. I want to pursue food. Cause at that point food was like the one thing that was grounding me when I was like stressed. I was like, I want to make a dish. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go into food because everyone was like, you're so good at this. I'm like, no, I don't feel so like affirmed in like engineering career. And I learned that very quickly that like what I wanted to do to change the world was not going to be that accessible there. And so here I am. I like what you said about authority. I was just having a conversation with this wonderful evolutionary astrologist the other day. And you know, we were talking about authority and like in the sense of like, like someone standing in their own authority. And I was like thinking about what that means and feels and looks like and how it must be very different for everybody else. And I also know that as projectors, it's like, that's a pretty key piece and that we're also here to like experience and do things in our own way. So I just, I'm kind of been curious for the last few days about this authority piece and, and like diving into it further a bit, but what is that? Like, what does it feel like for you? I guess it's kind of like alignment, right? Like it just feeling like strong, but I, I would love to hear how you kind of describe it. 
Yeah. I feel like I'm such a homebody and like the last like three weeks I've been traveling a lot and I've been feeling like I don't really have authority. Like I'm kind of like mentally having a bit of like a toddler tantrum. Sometimes I can tell (laughs) I'm not having all my comfort things and like, I can't make decisions because I don't have what like makes me feel good. But obviously I like put myself in that position. Cause I was like, Tara, you need to travel. You need to like, not be such a homebody. So for authority, usually it's like when I'm feel like I'm like an environment where I feel like free and that I'm able to like make the decisions that I want for like my day and be able to like, yeah, like collaborate with other people around me and how we're going to get something done. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, hmm. I feel like authority is a very interesting topic to dive into. What about you? I think that what you just said like really rung true for me too about a sense of freedom, but like for me it's been really unrestricted. So, mm-hmm. and that's like as a challenge to achieve, I'm sure for you too because like schedules are real. And mm-hmm. then sometimes my days will be filled with calls. And so I think that like non-restriction is really interesting to play with because there are a lot of restrictions or like how do you say it? Like not boxes, but just these like formulas that your days can end up looking like. Mm-hmm. And for me, some of that like true like I think creativity is is a form of authority where like you know you can create something and you're like ah just like that feels so good uh that act and like that for me is like even if I don't know yeah for me creativity maybe is related to it in some way but it's also like I I need space no form of authority is like the ability to create because you're like yeah that's your free will or whatever. You're like, okay, now I have free will. <laughs> yeah, totally. It is a, an interesting topic to think about. And I think it probably, it's for sure differs for every person. Everybody has like a different place that they feel their authority really coming out in. I think that's probably why I like dropped out of school and like pursued this. Cause I was like, I need like authority in my life. I was like, I understand that like people are like, oh, there's work and there's personal life. I'm like, I don't think so. I was like, yeah. I, I, want to crash. I want to not, I want to blend my life and I want my life to not feel like I'm a work person and a personal person. I want mm-hmm. to surround myself with people who are passionate and excited and dedicated. And yeah, I feel like I was like, why I don't want to separate that. I want to love the people I work with, like their family. I don't want to separate. Yeah. I so, so, so resonate with that. And then when you got to New York, were you just like so thrilled and excited to be in that energy? Cause like, yeah, in that energy. I don't really know, honestly. <laughs> okay. Cause you went to plant lab, right? Yes. Oh, yes, I did. I think is like, yeah. And through Viola. Yes. Viola Plant Lab and Viola, that world of Mm -hmm. that is why I came to New York is I was going to like finish my like plant lab certificates for raw and cooking. And I was like already 
like I dropped out of like university the year before. And then I started my business doing like catering and like food experience with hospitality. And then my dad was like, okay, if you're dropping out of school, you need to go to culinary school. You need to get some kind of education. And I was like, fine. And then I found plant lab. And then I was like, I don't love it, but my dad <laughs> I remember I was just like not excited I was not very pleased with the courses I was like I cook better than this I feel very like confident in like what I do and if I want to learn I would love to like invest in tools and meet new people and learn that way but yeah on my flight to New York when I was like moving there I got a message that Plant Lab had gone like bankrupt and I was like did I manifest this because I was like I "I want to go to school I was like I could just live my life and I would guess like that was what made me more excited because I was like oh so there was so much school it's like 10 hours a day and I was like oh now I can like do what I want so yeah I feel like I was like I don't know weirdly not really nervous to go to New York but also kind of like I was like indifferent I was excited but a little indifferent I was just like okay new place mm-hmm. what happens not sure how long I'm gonna be here but let's mm-hmm. see what and now I've been here for almost five years. So crazy. Wow. It is crazy. I think in going into something with indifference or like neutrality is probably a good recipe to like not be have your expectations too high. And it's probably a, a good state to go into. Absolutely. Will, will you tell us a bit about? So I know you have various kind of community efforts. Was that something that was always part of the vision in terms of the community garden? What are some of the challenges and rewards and how is, how is that all going and flowing? Definitely. It definitely has always been a vision. I think like my reason why I've got deeper into like food and my interest in studying it is the ethics behind it and like just like everything around like food politics and how we're like nourishing ourselves in communities, not only like in the Western world, but all over and how that's like affecting everything. And I feel like I like everyone we're kind of using the pandemic as this like, or like 2020, the year like Aquarius went, the Aquarian age like occurred. I feel like that was a huge like shift to like a big portal. I felt like where things changed. I feel like before then I was like, so worried about like work and like overworking myself and like trying to achieve this like strange I don't know. I don't even know like what I want. I knew like what I wanted deep inside was to like build community and like change the world and make people aware of like, make people more aware of like their own health and how like their decisions affect everyone and that they have like authority over their well-being. I saw that before in like the food world as something that was like a luxury or like a exclusivity experience. And I felt like with the pandemic, like I lost all my work and I got like an email from the garden and that they like needed more volunteers and like just kind of like jumped right into it in the beginning of the pandemic. And I was working there like basically like full time, like volunteering at the garden and getting like experience on like farming. And I never thought I was going to have that. So early on, I was like, Oh, maybe when I'm 30, I'll like learn about farming and whatever. And it just kind of like, I felt like pushed me like 10 years, like ahead. 
basically, yeah, like basically I was like a 10 years. I was like, oh wow, like I'm I'm learning this. And then that same in like June of 2020, that's when Breaking Bread was like that started with the wake of the George Floyd protest. And yeah, it just felt very like natural. I feel like that was the first time in my life that I was able to like just be like go into flow of creating mm-hmm. and not feel like there's like, yeah, like an expectation. It's just like, let's just do this and like not think about like, what is this going to look like in a month or a year? It's like, let's just work on like what the world needs right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, like breaking bread in my work has like changed so much in the last three years. Rather than being mutual aid focused, we're very much in like 2021. We we're focused on fundraising and creating consistent food for our communities that we were like working with. And then last year we took a little bit of a break because we were like, that was crazy. And then kind of shifted into like my work, like, like what is paying my, one of the things that like really pays my bills, I guess, is doing my hospitality experiences. And I adore doing that. But like I said before, before the pandemic, it just felt like I was creating these crazy experiences that were accessible. And now it's like, how can I tie breaking bread and make these brands more aware of like how they can give back to their community and also collaborating with other nonprofits on activations. Yeah. I feel like I'm trying to like blend everything mm-hmm. together and make everything, like put, do a little bit of everything and work on things. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing in breaking bread into your culinary experiences. I feel like it's so seamless. Maybe not, you know, like I'm sure there's a lot to it, of course, but I see so much synergy between those things and you. And yeah, it's so interesting. Like just that reflection on pandemic times and just how, yeah, just how massive of a change it was for, for like the collective it's like so crazy to think back to us like going through that and all of the change that came from it and just so much personal change for everybody too, Mm -hmm. in terms of priorities, which is a blessing. Absolutely. It was such a blessed time and I'm so grateful for, I don't know. Yeah. Being able to kind of like throw 10 years of bullshit down the drain and just like step into like the place that I wanted to be in. And yeah, I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm. For that. But yeah, beautiful. <laughs> With Breaking Bread, is there, how many people are like a part of it? There are three main members who are a okay. part of it. It was five founding members, but everyone's busy and we're a nonprofit worldwide. So yeah, it's like three people. And now we're kind of focused on not only fundraising to feed like the communities that we're focused on, but also throwing events to get the public and also like opportunities for brands to get involved with food sovereignty and aligning with the mission. And there's so many collaborators within that world, but yeah, it's Mm -hmm. so nice to see just how seamless it's kind of been for people to align with food sovereignty. Cause I feel like food sovereignty ties in with, it's like at the core of a -hmm. lot of sovereignties that brands and people are aligning with. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a nice base and it brings up a lot of different conversations and yeah, it's, I love it. It's really nice. Yeah. 
Will you tell us a bit more about food sovereignty and what it means and how like some of the community members that are kind of the like maybe beneficiaries of of breaking bread, like how they're being impacted? Yeah. So yeah, to me, food sovereignty is looking at the food at front, like where is our food coming from? Not only like from the farmer, but like the land it was on, the seeds that it was were planted and who's responsible for those seeds, but who owns those seeds, but also the production and how it affects like the people who like are working on the land and the like process of like creating the product and those like just like bringing ethical standards throughout every process of producing food and how it affects the land the people and the communities politically and yeah that's how I would kind of like break it down a little bit Mm -hmm. and so one of our main communities is Domestic Workers United. They're also a nonprofit who is a collective of African, Caribbean, and Latinx women who are domestic workers. And domestic workers are people who are employed in homes to like cook, nanny, clean, various like tasks around the house that people hire for. And they're like a collective women who are like non-US citizens and they advocate because like, if you're not a citizen of the US, you technically don't have like rights, I guess, like workers' rights, but they have advocated for a lot of laws for to bring like, like equality and equity within like the domestic working space. We've been fundraising to support the CSA program that allows them to have like fresh and healthy food weekly, like their CSA bags and also like various other items that we can include in that. And then we also work with Phoenix Community Garden. We have a youth program that we collaborate with for them in the summers. And then we recently started working with One Love Community Fridge in New York, collaborating on like some fundraising events, but also they're like constructing a new fridge design. So that's kind of like a fun like project that we're like how we can make yeah like food healthy food more accessible Mm, so important and special and all of those communities are new york based Mm yeah yeah exactly wow so i want to shift gears a little bit into just kind of like understanding you know i know that i always whenever we chat i feel like we always like rest will always come up Yes. And I know you, you're big on it and, you know, you say that rest is radical and it's like also a big part of, I think, a challenge for a lot of people and also just so important. So I'd love to hear your kind of take on why it's resistance, what it means to you, kind of also like, you know, is it easy for you? Is it a challenge? Yeah, rest is easy for me when I'm in the rhythm of resting, but like if I'm taking myself out of that rhythm and I'm focused on other tasks, it's, it can be quite challenging. I think anyone, it's hard to kind of turn on and turn off your cortisol. I think it's, it's once it's off, it's going <laughs> off. So, but yeah, I adore resting. I love resting from a young age. I would be like, it's time for my lounge time or like, my <laughs> 
I'll be like, I need to yes. right now. Yeah, I love to rest and rest is resistance. It's being able to just like be bored, be quiet and be horizontal, but it doesn't even have to be like laying down. Rest can be like gardening or setting, creating time to like, let your mind again, like be free and like, yeah, like, like be creative and, or uncreative, whatever. So I think rest can be productive also, and it can also be feel very unproductive in like a satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's, that's how I feel about rest. I've been, yeah, struggling to get back into my work schedule. Cause I've been like on vacation the last two weeks. I'm like, what is work? What is this? (laughs) Like, what am I doing? And I kind of like that ascend from rest. The descend is always like really rocky for me going into rest. It's like, what's happening? I need to like do these impulses that I'm like, (laughs) and then like when I'm in it, I'm like, okay, I love it. I'm floating. And then I'm like, the ascend is always very existential. Cause I'm like, what am I doing? Why Mm -hmm. am I, what is the point of this? What do I need to do? Achieve that? Is that really a priority? Oh, that feels like a priority. So yeah, that like descend and ascend into from rest is, always very it's a beautiful cadence yeah I love the way you describe that it's so funny I remember when I was little like going on vacation with my family and my mom had a really high stress job and it would always I think like after many years I would notice that it would take her quite a few days to like drop in to being able to rest and I was always like Cece like you just now you're on vacation, but it's like, it's really not like physiologically also mentally everything. Like it's really that it's truly an ascent and a descent. And I can now relate to that so much where like just turning off is a challenge. Truly. Cause you're just so used to like being available in different ways and yeah, I think especially as like projectors, like you're like, oh, I can make ideas just come to life. Like I'm ready to just bring something and like make it happen. (laughs) Like just project it. And you're like, not everything you have to like tell yourself, like not everything has to come to life. Like everything can just stay dormant. Like you can just close the door on those and just let yourself be like, okay, what? I need yeah. to, it's a lot of time to rest now as adults, I feel. Yeah, I'm working on it. I feel like I also go through seasons where like, yeah, it's easier at some points more so than others. It's not, it's more of like a, an activity that for me has to be done before I can rest is like the things that I say no to, which I've just personally noticed has been like, I've kind of crossed my own boundaries over the last like maybe month or two and just mm-hmm. said yes to too much. And then you're kind of like, well, like, I feel like the integrity of my word is compromised when you do that, which is like never a good feeling for me. But I feel like those boundaries are a bit of a prerequisite for being able to like get into that rest. What are your boundaries? So I think one of the, at least like what I'm talking about and speaking about right now is being able to better. I get like genuinely excited when there's an idea that I 
like want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And then it gets hard to say no, but then it's additionally hard for me to like, I am a perpetual overestimator of my time. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it's just so easy. I think like, you know, small business, so easy for me to be like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that too. And then, and I'm genuinely excited. I'm, it's, I'm not like mm-hmm. saying yes and meaning no, but like, there is just a physical capacity to like what somebody can do in a day and in a week. And you would think that like, I really have a fine tune of that at this point. I'm the same way. It's like, I don't like I feel like the biggest challenge is putting like a rest into the equation of time. Like when I'm like in production mode and I'm planning, like that goes well. Cause I'm like, Oh, 20% error. There's always 20% error. But then when I'm thinking about like my own personal like life with the production, I'm like, Oh, I, <laughs> I had the, the air time of me being confused and needing to rest and descend into like sleepy time and descend into like closing off my mind and calming myself self-down it is sometimes a challenge to yeah account yeah. for yeah the other night I just like this is not usual but like and every once in a while it is what it is but I like closed my laptop at 11 the other night and literally like and I was like this is fucked up <laughs> like put my laptop down and literally put my head on the pillow and I really try to avoid doing that as much as possible and life is life we go through phases, but, um, that was my like, kind of like mental note to myself this week where I'm like, okay, at least give more realistic deadlines to the people who are waiting on me for certain things. Cause that I can do. But I think it's like, so fun. Like I talk about rest, but I'm also like the first person to like, yeah, like be manic. (laughs) Like, what is I just need four hours for like the next two weeks and I'm buzzing. But then I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think my body was just like, I was like, that's just the creative process. So they, I've just accepted that. Like that's the creative process is like pushing yourself, exceeding what you like doing, what you like wanted to do. You're like, ah, I did it. But like, also like, I don't know. I'm so <laughs> Yeah, it's so true. And we're such reflections of, of nature too. So it's like, you would have found me in January, like just literally hermiting and then spring and like blossoms and all of these things become a representation of like our energy ultimately. Yes. I love that. And it's springtime. So do you have any dreams or plans of being in Oslo more? Not Oslo, in Christiansand. Yeah, I love Norway. It's so beautiful. It reminds me a lot of the Pacific Northwest in like the good ways. Like it's very, like the whole country, there's 5 million people. So it's very quiet. It's very lovely. The water quality, the air quality, Mm. like just the amount of green space and old, like ancient green space is very healing to me. I think I've never dreamed of like a metropolitan life. I I just knew it was like a period of time where I wanted to experience that. I love cities. I love, yeah, my projector thing is like markets is like where you're like most vital. I love a market, but I also like adore just, yeah, like having space to create. I've always dreamed of like having like a farm and a homestead and 
growing a lot of my own food and yeah, like hospitality in that kind of way. I'm very unattracted to like New York hospitality and like the, mm-hmm. what is it? I don't know. Just the hustle and bustle. I, I love like romanticism and just mm-hmm. being on my own time. So yeah, I think I'll be living here probably within like five years. I live here like 25% of the year right now. So we shall see how it evolves. Mm, I love uh, that. Love that vision. Yeah. I also can't wait. I would love to have you out to Salt Spring. Yes. Whether it's some sort of, yeah, future event or just to have you here resting together. (laughs) Growing up, we would go to San Juan Islands in the summer. And Mm. I love it. It feels very aligned. And I bet it's so magical. I would love to come to Victoria. Salt Spring. Yeah, but yeah, so Victoria is part of like the main Vancouver Island, but then there's tons. Um, there's actually one of the only olive trees in Canada because the climate here is kind of Mediterranean. And so there's tons of people growing kiwis, lemons, an olive grove. There's a few vineyards on the island. So, and like, this is the first year that we got a frost, I think of because of La Nina maybe, but usually there's no snow here so it it is a really interesting climate it sounds so beautiful wow okay yeah. well we're, we'll percolate some ideas but I want to talk to you about your relationship with fungi and mushrooms and what that's like what the mushrooms have told you taught you like how you commune with them I think I always you know just I love mushrooms. Like they're part of my ritual on not only with like rainbow, but like not only like functional mushrooms, but like culinary mushrooms. I love to integrate them into dishes all the time. I'm so inspired by the way that they're able to, yeah, I'm just inspired that they are able to be like active, functional and culinary. Like there's so many ways to enjoy a mushroom and they all, there's just delicious fruits of the earth. I mean, I grew up on like the biggest mushroom in the world. <laughs> True. <laughs> wow, that's a cool thing to like be able to say. <laughs> I'm the biggest mushroom in the world. And yeah, I think when I went plant-based, that became like kind of a center of like food in terms of like finding like textures and mixing things that like feel there and yeah just getting to know mushrooms in that way and adaptogens and yeah I love them I have been like into foraging mushrooms the last couple of years in Norway it's like the safest place to forage mushrooms they don't have any poisonous mushrooms here there's just some that will like give you a tummy ache if you like eat the wrong one or they're all pretty nice to identify so that's been really liberating to not only like consume them here but be able to like forage and preserve my own mushrooms in this part of the world yeah which kinds which kinds have you been foraging for there like like the chanterelle yeah, chanterelle picks up which we what do we call those in the u.s they're the spiky ones the white ones the spiky on the bottom uh like hedgehog. cauliflower hedgehog yeah. okay hedgehog. i think they're called hedgehog mushrooms and porcini mm. and chaga 
Mm. And I Love. think I've seen Reishi, but I'm not sure. And I've seen Turkey Tail, but I'm not sure. I'm like, mm. Yeah. I think Reishi, I would know. I think it was not a Reishi, but Turkey Tail, I was like, mm, I don't know if that's her, but maybe. Yeah. Well, there's so many. There's like in the Trimetes family, which is like Turkey Tail is Trimetes versicolor. There's like tons and tons of Turkey Tail, but lots of them are false. And so mm-hmm. you have to like identify from the from the bottom little spores and colors. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I need to like learn more about these ones, but yeah, yeah it's pretty safe. You're like, that's a chaga. <laughs> yeah. And then I do wonder about the Rishi because there's lots of like, there's like black Rishi, red Rishi. I feel like you would recognize the one that looks like a rainbow where it's like red, orange, yellow, and then the white tip. That's like a usual, like a Ganoderma lucidum. But then there's ones that are all red that with like even a little bit of black. So but then there's lots of like other conks that look like it, but wow, I would love someday to come there and like, just, I've, you know, heard that it's such an ingrained piece of the culture in, in mm-hmm. Scandinavia and like those kind of Northern, Northern countries. It's so nice. Cause their mushroom season is like our summer season. Cause it's like a little colder there. So mm-hmm. like, we're like harvesting chanterelles, like July, August. And it's like, so nice. Oh have that because just gets kind of rainy here and the temperature is quite like moderate and I, I love that because I'm not missing I feel like actual like mushroom season I'm so busy I'm like I can't forage but then I come here like July August and I'm like oh my god it's chanterelle season and there's so many mushrooms oh, and been like the best I believe in fairies, so I like put crystals everywhere. Cause I'm like, they're gonna bring the mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> you would love it here. There is like fairy door, so it's this like like it's a very magical place. People have set up full fairy doors at the markets. I'm going on Saturday. I'll send you pics. There are fairy house builders, like. My future. I used to <laughs> like I didn't know there are fairy houses. I was just like making little houses outside, and now I'm like, okay, I think I'm gonna become like a fairy house mushroom manifester. Like that's gonna be my like my new like job in the forest. <laughs> I'm like, I'm oh my gosh, responsible to manifest some fairies to make sure there's enough mushrooms for us. Oh my gosh, I love that vision for you. <laughs> that's so good. Tell me about like what you're, what you're cooking these days. What's inspiring you? What do you, what's like a typical breakfast, lunch, dinner? Breakfast lately has been like oatmeal with like a nice slab of butter and maple Mm. syrup and Mm. like seeds and nuts and peanut butter, a nut butter of some sort, lunch and like fruit and like lunch Ooh, I don't know. Like, I don't even know. Just whatever. I can't even know. We've been traveling. So usually lunch, I'm like going out or something. But mm-hmm. so I've been making this dessert that I really love, which is a, I've been making this for like the last six months, like a apple crumble. Just, it's so indulgent. And I made like an apple and rhubarb one the other day. It was so yum. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yum. And I want that. Yeah, it's so good. It's so easy. I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, it's like very, like, apple pie is its own thing, but apple crumble, you're like, I can throw that together in an hour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I've been eating a lot of just like green salad and like crispy potatoes and like a mushroom. Just like super simple. I've been very like, uh, 
don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm my rest or I'm like, I'm not trying to impress anyone, but I have been making some crazy dishes. I just can't recall them right now. I've been like, oh, I made an incredible like coconut aloo gobi curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And delicious. Yeah. Spring is not my most inspiring season for cooking. It's either like deep winter or summer. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it's like super green where I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I still need warmth. Like I'm still for me anyways, like I can't go full blown, like all the freshness quite yet, but mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds so delicious. Yeah. I'm like, I just like to jump from like winter to summer. I'm like, I'm ready now. <laughs> lots of greens, just always lots of greens. I think, especially in the springtime, just incorporating a lot of those because it's so hard to find fresh really fresh mm-hmm. so I think that's what I'm like most excited about making a lot of tea Tulsi tea infused with like mushrooms and herbs been drinking wow. a lot like every day my mushroom my rainbow kinto I'm like mm-hmm. yes <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that are you off caffeine still yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I drank a coffee like a week ago just because I wanted to taste it, but it didn't even affect me anymore. I was like, I think oh, I'm amazing. Anything to me. I was like, I think I'm either too rested for this or <laughs> I was like, I don't know, but yeah. I don't drink it. I love rhodiola instead. If I want to mm. pump up the gym. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Well, thank you so much for sharing and chatting and being with me today and sharing all of your wisdom and kind of story with the audience. Yes. Thank you guys so much. I love the rainbow community and it's been a joy. Thank you for having me. Mm. And to end, I also like to ask a guest to share a wish, a prayer and intention with us. What would you leave us with? My wish, prayer, I wish for the most splendid mushroom hunting season this year because of El Nino, mm. wet energy everywhere. So Love like an amazing mushroom season for cooking and eating and medicine. And we're able to yeah create like our most dreamy pantries this year Mm. I love love that wish near and far I hope that for yeah west coast east coast like everywhere thank you so much T so nice to see you and chat with you and more soon exactly thank you so much and I love you love you too with deep gratitude thanks for tuning into this episode If you liked it, hit subscribe and leave us a review. That is always very appreciated. Mushrooms transformed my mind and body. And if you're interested in bringing medicinal mushrooms into your life and health journey, check out rainbow.com for our meticulously sourced Canadian fruiting body mushroom tinctures. Until next time, peace in and peace out, friends.